Who's hungry for the word today? Oh, don't you just love the word? I mean, don't you just, God, can you just eat it? You know? Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. The word of God is our nourishment for our soul. It is the source of that which builds our faith, our strength. It edifies our inner man, and it brings forth the power that produces the walk that we are called to walk, this walk of faith, constantly overcoming all the things in this world that the enemy tries to bring against us. We've been in a series called The Power Of for the last number of weeks. How many people have been enjoying this message series? I've been just loving it. I'm just letting you know I'm not in any hurry to come out of it, okay? I've just been loving it. Some of these messages end up being two, two weeks long. Uh, we, we did the power of words, and it ended up being a two-week power of words, right? And I talked to a lot of people, and they said, it's the most quiet I've ever been because <laughs> I've been so mindful of my words, I just haven't been saying anything. So sometimes it has that effect on you. <sighs> but, you know, hey, just to throw this out there, Jesus did say, he said, I tell you that every idle word that men would speak, they will give an account for. Wow, that's pretty harsh, huh? Pretty tough. But that's true. I mean, it's just like... We can't be flippant with our words. We can't be, we must be purposeful in everything that we say because our words have the ability to build up or to tear down. So power of words was two weeks. Any of those past services that we've done, any of those topics, you can catch all of them on our podcast channel or you can scroll back through our Facebook page and see the live stream videos as well out there. But today, we're going to be talking about the power of a trial, the power of a trial. And it's interesting because when you talk about trials, tribulations, you can, you can relate, everybody can relate to this, you know? I mean everybody, because we know that no matter who you are, I don't care if you're a Christian, if you're in the church, if you're out of church, I don't care who you are or where you go, I don't care what culture you live in, I don't care what country you live in, it doesn't matter what demographic you are, what age you're in, you are, we are all going to experience trials and difficulties and afflictions in our lives all throughout our years. Amen? And so it's significant that we look at that and say, okay, that's a huge part of life that we're all going to deal with. What does the Bible say about that? What does the Bible say about that? Because actually the Bible has a lot to say about it. It has a whole lot to say about trial and tribulation. It has to say, it talks a lot about uh, how we're to approach it, how we're to deal with it talks about how we're to view it, what it does for us in our lives. I want you to be encouraged today as we get ready to move into this message because when it comes to trials, let me just say to you, they are very purposeful. They are very purposeful in the work that God wants to do and intends to do in and through your life. In fact, they're a necessary part of your purpose and your destiny. Things that challenge us, things that afflict us, things that we go through are a part of accomplishing a work in us that are adding to and contributing to how we walk out our purpose and our destiny. And Jesus said, he said, I'm telling you this, in the world, we're all in the world, right? Last time I checked, we're not of the world, but we're in the world. He says, in the world, you will have tribulation, fear not. I have overcome the world. 
And so much of this message series that we've been talking about has been about that particular part of overcoming. That as we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior and His Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of us, that we are now partakers, as Peter puts it, of the divine nature. That means we have the same spiritual DNA that God has because His Holy Spirit, who's fully God, lives in us. And part of spiritual DNA means all of the attributes of God, and one of the attributes of God or one of the things that God has done is He's overcome the world. He's flipped the enemy's kingdom on its end and subdued it. So when Jesus came, he descended down from the right hand of the Father. He was born into human flesh. He walked and lived a sinless life and was sacrificed as a perfect sacrifice for our sins and atonement. But it says that when he descended and came down, he basically brought the kingdom of heaven with him. That's why when he said to people when he was walking and he was teaching, the kingdom of heaven is near you. He was with them and the full reign and authority of the kingdom was there. But he went on to say that I'm going to leave God in human flesh. I'm going to depart from you after my finishing work is done on the cross. But don't worry, I'm going to send a helper. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And it's better for you that I leave and that he comes because he's going to introduce a new dynamic of this power, a new dynamic of this reign of the kingdom because the kingdom of God is now going to actually come and live on the inside of you and you are going to be marked as an overcomer and you're going to be able to walk in the same authority and power that I am walking in now and demonstrating for you as the Son of God. Isn't that amazing? And so the, the power of is all about us living consistently and in alignment as the true citizens that we are and that we've been bought to become with a high price, in fact. And we, that is a citizen of the kingdom of heaven that we now live by and operate by those rules and principles that govern that kingdom and not the kingdom of this world. And we have that power and that authority. And guys, when we do live that way, we're not only living in a way that's better for us, Listen, this is important because it's always about a bigger picture. We're actually living in a way that is about God's purpose for our lives and for people around us because we can continue to build and expand his kingdom. We can be busy with kingdom work, and then one day when we all go on to be with Jesus in heaven... For, for the rest of the ages, then we know that much of what has happened and many of those who have gone on have been a result of the work that God has done in and through our lives because we are witnesses for him. And so I want to talk to you about the power of a trial today. And Paul says something interesting. Well, I'm sorry, not Paul, the author of Hebrews, not completely sure who the author of Hebrews is. Some people do believe it's Paul. But in the book of Hebrews, uh, in chapter 12, it says that we have run the race that is set before us, and we run in a way as to run with endurance, okay? Endurance. And it's interesting because when it comes to trials and difficulties, as we're going to see this morning, that really what they're mostly all about is producing endurance and perseverance in us as it pertains to our faith life and the way that we continue steadfastly with an enduring faith through all of the different seasons along the way in our lives. And so many people today struggle. I'm sure it's been been this way forever, but there's so many people that struggle with endurance. 
You know, people, we live in a time where it's kind of like instant gratification society, right? Get rich quick, get in shape quick, do all these things. Y'all figure it out, that stuff doesn't work, right? I mean, anytime you see fast, it's going to happen quick. I'm just saying, you might as well go the other way, right? I'll take the hard way, I'll take the long way, I'll take the way that's going to take me some time. I'm going to have to work at it. It's going to be a long haul because in the end, I know that that's really where the majority of all of the good things and the good results that we're looking for are produced, amen? Ask any business owner, ask anybody that's in shape and lives a healthy life. These aren't overnight successes. These aren't quick fixes. These are things that we have to be tested and proven through journeys and through time and through difficulties and afflictions. And so endurance and perseverance really is what trials and tribulations are all about producing in us in our faith life. I'm going to prove it to you. Open up your Bibles to the book of James. To the book of James chapter 1, and we're going to move through several scriptures today, but we're going to start here because there's three verses that pretty well lay this out as well as anything I've ever seen. I'm going to read just from verse 1 through 4. He says, James, a bondservant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. Greetings. So James is writing this epistle. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Let me just make a point here. That word patience is actually, in, if you read and study that, it's really the word endurance. It's translated in English into patience here in the New King James Version. Other versions say endurance or perseverance. In the deeper meaning in the Greek, it means a persevering work. We'll talk about it in a second. But My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. But let endurance have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, we're going to break some of this down. So first thing I want you to see is count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Easier said than done. <laughs> Agreed? We're like, oh, yeah, sounds great. Count it all joy. Woo! Yeah, fall into trials. Yeah, let me see you when you're in the trial, all right? Remind you of this one and myself of this one. That's why it's good to have people around you who, who are like-minded, because ah, 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 count it all joy, right, when you start to slip. Uh, so, so this word joy is really interesting when you study this word, because this means to have like an awareness of God's grace on your life. It's not just like joy, woo, I'm happy. This is what it means. It means that you have an actual awareness that you have the grace of God in your life. You are aware of God's goodness, of his favor, of his blessing, of his grace upon you through the trial. You don't forget that. You don't slip away from that. You are, you are focused and fixated on the fact no matter what's going on, the reality, the truth, that God's grace is with you, his favor is with you at all times, never escapes you. And that produces this kind of joy, this kind of certainty, this kind of hope that you move forward under no matter what the trial is that you're going through. Are you with me? When you lose awareness of that, 
when you lose the perspective that you are blessed, that God is, his favor is on you, that his grace is with you, if you go through a trial and you come out from under that awareness, let me tell you something, that trial is going to have its way with you. It's going to start to get the better of you. Do we have affliction in trial? Absolutely. We know that we suffer. There is suffering in the Christian walk. But at the same time, there is this joy that he's talking about that is produced by us knowing that there's a truth that resides in our spirit that says, I'm blessed. I've got God's grace. I've got his, his goodness is on the inside of me. He is looking out for me. He is my protector and my provider. And as long as that's the case, though the trial may afflict us, it will never conquer us. It will never overcome us. Are you with me? we got to have that awareness all the time as we're moving through different types of things. Now, it's also interesting that he says when you fall into various trials. Haven't you learned, as I've learned, that there's all kinds of different types of trials? I mean, they come from every direction, don't they? I mean, you can face a trial in your finances. You can face a trial in your relationships. You can face a trial in your with family members, you could face a trial in your career, you could face a trial just where you live and, and on your street. There's all kinds of different types of trials that come against us. And that's what he's saying. He's saying, look, all of the different varieties of trials that you will be uh, subject to through this walk of purpose and destiny that God has got you on that it's through all of those trials and those different things that you'll face. You need to keep that awareness of God's grace and his goodness with you no matter what it is that you're going through. And so what the trial really is, this is interesting. It, it means an affliction, but it also means a test or a temptation. A test or a temptation for what? To remove the awareness from us that we are under God's grace. That's the test. That's the trial. To get you, if the enemy can get you to come out from under your awareness that God's grace is with you, that your, his favor is with you, that you're his child at all times, then that trial has now started to have the better of you. But if we have the awareness in that when the trial comes that there's that temptation, no, 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 this is tough, i got to deal with this, but... I'm a child of God. His grace is with me. I am an overcomer. I'm the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I know how this thing ends and how this story finishes. I may not be able to see every chapter along the way, but I know what the final outcome looks like, and it comes with me up on top and the devil up underneath, right? And so we just keep that awareness no matter what the trial is. So the temptation to lure us in, to come out from under that awareness, does not get the better of us. And then we can walk in joy. He says, count it all joy or consider it all joy, which means it's to esteem it, which means to make that the prevailing dominant thought. Meaning, the ult esteem it or count it all joy. Make your predominant way of thinking and way of looking at things as you're going through trials. Let the guiding thought be that you are a child of God, that his grace and his favor is with you at all times. If you'll lead with that thought, 
If you'll lead with that truth in mind and then begin to address the trial, then begin to address the practical sides of what you're going to do and how to rectify things or how to walk things out. But the prevailing thought that you have first is that you are in God's grace and that his favor is with you. Now let me address the trial. Then you will walk in it through it with this joy that he's talking about. Amen. So that's just the first verse. And then he says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Endurance. So the endurance means to remain under. To remain under. So when we go through difficulties, what does our flesh want to do? Our flesh wants to jump out of it. It does. And it always will. Our flesh wants to get out from under that hard thing, wants to get up, out from under that difficult thing. We want to be removed from any kind of suffering, any kind of affliction. We just want to bypass it. We just want to circumvent it. We just want to avoid it and not have to deal with it. But he's saying, listen, endurance comes from remaining under the trial, remaining under God's favor, his grace, the awareness of that, and staying in, in your faith, continuing to endure through the affliction and the difficulty over the long haul. You see, endurance, the reason I made the point that this versions say patience, some versions say patience, but it's really endurance, is because patience is, you can have patience in a moment. Right, You can be patient like right now while you're listening to me, and, but you can be patient in a moment. Endurance comes over the long haul. You don't get endurance in a day. It just doesn't happen that way. Ask any triathlete. right? See, when triathletes train specifically, let's say, the Ironman competition, where it's like a 2.2-mile swim, 112-mile bike ride, 26.2-mile run, they do all this, and it takes a little under a day to complete that. You, you, I know. I do it all the time. It's really tough. <laughs> I just finished one, actually, right before I came. Uh, <laughs> showered up, and here I am, feeling great. Oh, uh, But, <laughs> you know, you, they train differently. They train differently. They have to train for endurance. They have to work their way up. You can't just go out and say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go practice a 26.2-mile run today. Even if you're a good runner and you're in good shape, it just doesn't happen that way. You've got to work your way up. You've got to build your way up a little bit more, a little bit more, a little more pressure, a little bit more pressure. And you get stronger from an endurance standpoint gradually as you do that. That's why you can look at triathletes. And did you know, I mean, there's 60-plus-year-old triathletes out there. I'm blown away. It, it amazes me that we have those triathletes that are competing. And, and that proves to you that if you train right and you build endurance properly, that you can go out and you can endure through those hard things, physically speaking, obviously, in that analogy. But listen, when we're talking about endurance over the long haul and it comes to our faith, it's not a quick, easy thing. Remaining under a trial for a period of time, for a prolonged period, while God continues to work things out in and through you, but you continue to remain in your faith and remain strong, and don't pull yourself out from under that of your own hand, but allow God to sustain you through that, will produce and build a kind of strength, persevering strength, enduring strength in you for your faith that, frankly, folks, nothing else can do. 
as you search the Bible, and I would challenge you to do this, I can find nothing in the Bible besides tribulation and trial that it talks about will produce perseverance and endurance. I see nothing in the scriptures other than that that shows that that is what is produced through the trials that we go through. If that be the case, then we can acknowledge, we can look at a trial and we can see it now differently. We can see it with spiritual eyes like God sees it and say, you know what? This thing, I'm, I'm going to get the better of this thing. This thing isn't going to rob me of my joy. It's not going to put me down. In fact, quite the opposite. I'm going to walk this thing out in a way where I'm going to actually get stronger and stronger and stronger from it. And that way, whenever I come to future things down the road in my purpose and destiny that I will face, I will be better off for it. And that's what he's talking about when he says here that endurance may have its uh, perfect work in you, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. That means that God has things in the future. God sees ahead everything that's a part of our purpose and destiny, before, is, and after, right? And so he knows what your destiny holds for you in the future, and he is wanting to allow a work of endurance to be worked out in us and through us in our faith so that we are ready and prepared in the future things that he wants to do, lacking nothing, meaning not ill-equipped, not coming up short. Because we've circumvented a trial or a process where there was affliction and difficulty, but it was all meant to produce a strength and an endurance so that when we came to greater things that are yet ahead in our lives, we are ready and the strength is there for us to be able to go out and do what needs to be done. Our faith is strong enough to move and push through those other things that are going to come at us because we will always have tribulation and trial. Are you with me so far? And so endurance is so important, persevering strength is so important that God would allow us to go through trial and difficulty and affliction in this world because there is a greater work, there is a greater purpose that is actually being worked out in us as that happens. And if we will see it that way, Guys, if we will see it that way, I'm not promising you it's, it's going to be easy, but what I'm suggesting to you is that you will be able to handle it differently. You'll be able to walk through it differently. You ought to never lose your joy. You ought to never lose your peace. You ought to never lose faith and hope along the way, no matter what the trial is that you're facing. You may have to work at things and deal with things for an extended period of time to move through that season and move through those difficulties. But in the end, you've got to know and trust, according to the written word of God, you're coming out of this thing stronger than you went into it. I don't ever want to be at a point where I reach a, a moment in my destiny and God's plan for my life, and I'm sitting there facing this thing that's ahead. It's this great thing, but to whom much is given, much is required. So there's a great requirement of faith, but I've somehow circumvented trials along the way. I've moved out from under hardships and difficulties along the way and not allowed myself to, be, to, to have that strength produced in me so that I'm really ready for what is still ahead. It's like that triathlete going out, and he's supposed to be training a little bit every day. He says, I'm going to skip today. 
you know what? I know it says 2.2 miles on the swim. I'm just going to do a quarter mile today. I'm going to take it easy. Well, you do that too much, too many times over and over and over again. When it comes time for race day, how are you going to end up? You're going to come up short. You might not even finish the race. Are you with me? That's why Paul said, we're gonna, or the author of Hebrews said, we're going to run the race and we're going to run it with endurance. He's telling us this race, that's life. That's our life. That's our walk in this earth. And he's saying, you're going to have to walk it out with endurance. You're going to have to have a persevering faith, a persevering strength about you in your innermost man that continues to grow and build to get more mature and stronger over time so that at each leg of the journey as you come along in your life, guess what? You will be ready, you will be prepared, and you will persevere. And that's what we've got to have. Amen? Who can give an amen to that? All right, open your Bibles, move over now to Romans chapter 5. I want to show you this real quick. Romans 5, chapters, verses 1 through 5. This is, this is talking about faith triumphing during trouble. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, here we go, but also we glory in tribulations. Wow. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. I told you, it's there. And perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint. Tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, character, hope. Hope is that continual expectation of God is in this scene. He's doing something, and he is working all things out together for my good during this trial that has befallen upon me. And if we'll have that hope, it says hope does not disappoint. To appoint means to, to set something up, to make it happen, right? To disappoint is the, op is the opposite. So without hope, without the expectation that God is here and doing something, it will remove us from divine appointments, whereas if we continue in hope and in expectation, God is in this thing and he's doing a work in me, then we will recognize the divine appointments along the way that God is preparing in our path so that we can continue, even through the trial, to be used mightily by God and purposefully by God. In fact, let me even just say that many times your faith demonstrated through an extreme trial may be the greatest witness and testimony than anyone around you will ever even see. If that be the case, I'll, I'll sign up for it because I'm here to do kingdom work, right? I'm not here to make myself happy. I'm here to, to build God's kingdom. So if me going through trial and tribulation will somehow produce an opportunity for God to do work in and through me that can impact people around me and impact the situation around me greater than anything else, then I will go ahead and sign up for that thing. That's why he says we can glory in tribulation. He's saying we'll celebrate it. 
We're going we're gonna to look at tribulation and trial, and we're going to look at it differently. We're not going to look at it like the world sees it. We're going to look at it like God sees it, because he's trying to do a work in us. And if we'll see as he sees, and his thoughts can be more of our thoughts, and his ways can be more of our ways, then we will walk in the power and the demonstration of power that Jesus was talking about that he was going to give us all along. Amen? And I want to end with this one. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It's going to take me just a second to go over this one, but 2 Corinthians chapter 4. You guys are like, I've never seen a preacher get excited about trials. This guy's crazy. All right. <clears throat> My wife, we, we kid around. Like, I mean, this is, I'm just being real with you. This is kind of who I am. Like, I don't know what it is. I'm just, I'm a little weird this way. I like hard things. I just, I'm just bent that way. If it's, if it got to, like, I'll do it, I'll try to figure out the hardest way to do it. Um, and yeah, she's like, I don't understand you. Like, you just, you just want things to be hard. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a masochist or something. I don't know what your deal is, but you, you go ahead. You, you, you go on your own on that one, all right? Yeah. So, all right, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 through 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. I could preach for two more hours on this, let me tell you. But I will say this. He says that this light affliction, you ought to speak to it that way. You're just a light affliction. You're just a light affliction that is for a moment. Can I tell you something? Every single trial you'll face in this earth is temporary. Every single one of them will pass. They will fade. It's temporary because it has a temporal nature about it. It's not eternal. And we don't live according to temporal things. We live according to eternal things. Agreed? So we ought to see it that way. This, this, this affliction, this is temporal. This is going to pass. This is going to fade. And when it does, where I am positioned after that has everything to do with how I walk this thing out right now. I'm going to be positioned over that thing in victory, stronger and more prepared for what's ahead after that. I'm not going to be overcome or this trial isn't going to get the best of me. But he says this. He says that we don't lose heart because our outward man is perishing, but our inward man is being renewed day by day. This is huge, folks. Listen. So we are spirit beings. Our spirits that live inside of our physical bodies are eternal, right? That's the part that goes to be with God forever in heaven one day. And if people don't accept Christ, that's the part that spends eternity in hell. So our spirits are eternal. But our physical bodies of every person, this is said, our physical bodies are deteriorating. They're breaking down. As we age and we get older... The temporary nature of our physical bodies becomes more and more of a reality. There's nothing that you can do to avoid that. There is nothing that you can do to escape that. 
you can be in great shape, work out, do things all your life. And I, I hope you do. I think that's very important that we respect our temples. But it is still going to decay, to deteriorate, and to die. It's going to happen. And so he's saying, look, our physical bodies are deteriorating, but our spirits are being renewed day by day. Listen, this is a great uh, opposition here. The physical man is weakening over the years, but the spirit man ought to be strengthening over the years. It's a complete opposite uh, work that's being done in us. So we, as we move forward in our life and our physical bodies age and wear down, we've got to recognize that our spirits ought to be getting stronger. That's why Paul said, be strengthened by the power of the spirit in your inner man, because your inner man, your spirit man, ought to be getting stronger and more uh, in a place of power. What does it mean? It's speaking about your faith. It's speaking about your hope, your expectation of what God's going to do. It speaks about the authority that you walk in and the power that you demonstrate in your life every single day day as you move on there ought to be a greater and increasingly more prevalent demonstration of that in your life and if you'll go through trials the way that he's talking about and walk them out guess what you will see exactly that thing begin to happen in and through you i'll never forget i'll close with this story we were at the gym one time katie and i we were working out and this guy God love him. He had to be 90-something years old. And he was in the gym, and he was, you know, had his gym attire on and his towel. And I was like, bless this man just for being here, you know. And he's, and he's walking, and he's walking over to the, uh, to the pull-up bar. And, I mean, he's, doing, he's walking like this, like seriously. And I'm like, what? I need to make sure that nothing happens. Like I'm, and he goes over, he gets over to the pull-up bar, and he, he takes his towel, and he throws his towel. He finally gets it around like the, the bar, the handles that are sticking out. And he gets on there, and, and Katie's like, watch him. Like, get over there in case he falls because he looks so fragile, you know. And so he throws this thing. And then, I mean, he just... Nobody's going to believe this. I'm looking for my phone, you know. And he knocks out, I'm not kidding you, like 10, 15 pull-ups just like this. And I'm just thinking to myself, this is unbelievable. This guy is defying age, you know. He's barely able to walk, but he's still knocking these pull-ups out. But listen, he was, he was still doing a lot to maintain his strength and maintain his physical health, even though Ultimately, it was a deteriorating process. It was still, his, his physical body is still weakening, and he was doing a lot to offset that, which is great. But let me just say this to you. Let me charge you with this as, as your pastor, as a child of God. You have got to be busy about strengthening and building your inner man. You will not have any trial that comes upon you, if you'll walk through it properly, that will not produce in you a greater level of strength, of enduring, persevering strength in your faith, in your spirit man, if you'll see it properly, and you will face new journeys and new challenges in your life in seasons to come. I promise you, 
and you will think about this, you'll face them and you'll think, you know, I wouldn't want to go through that thing again that I went through, but I will say I'm glad that it happened now because I'm, re- because I'm ready for what's ahead. And to God be the glory. He says there's an eternal glory that comes from our affliction. And that's something. You know, you get through a trial, you get through a challenge, you overcome it, and, and there, there may be some physical rewards, some earthly rewards that come out of that. But listen, that is nothing compared to the eternal weight of glory that you will experience in heaven from every trial that you walk through in a place of godliness that you persevered. I can't even fully wrap my brain around this, but the Bible says it, so I know it's true that there's some indication of a glory that will be upon me in heaven as I am through the ages. There'll be something that is a part of the glory that, that I have in heaven that is a result of the trials that I have walked through and overcome. And that is the case for all of us. And when we get there one day, you think you will feel this way now when you come to a trial and think, man, I'm glad that I went through that now. Listen, I can only imagine when we're in heaven one day and all the trials that we conquered, all of the overcoming that we did and persevered through, and we look around and say, I would have taken so much more if I'd have known. I would have, I would have been able to handle a lot more if I would have realized what this was really doing for me. Amen. Stand to your feet with me today. And I hope you see, I, I hope this has helped you today. I hope that, I'm thinking there's a really good chance that a lot of people here today are going through a real heavy trial. Or maybe multiple trials. You know, maybe, I mean, it's possible to be hit with multiple trials at one time. That can almost be overwhelming. You can be hit with maybe family stuff or health stuff or financial stuff or all these different things at one time. You're not even really fighting one trial. You're fighting a multi-headed monster kind of thing. They're all trials though. Still just a trial. And I just want to encourage you that if you lean on the grace of God, if you'll let that be your predominant prevailing thought. Let that be where your heart goes. Let that be where your prayers go. Let that be where your spirit finds assurance and hope is in the goodness and the grace of God at all times, no matter what. He is good all the time. And his goodness is is always there in our lives if we'll choose to see it. It's not that we will always understand, guys, the specific purposes in everything so much as we just know that there is purpose in it and God is with you he'll never leave you nor forsake you and as long as his hand is upon you the work that he's doing in and through your life even through a trial through the midst of a difficult situation will produce in you something so significant that it will work towards advancing your destiny and your purpose and it will bring God great glory and honor that he is due He's worthy of our whole lives. Jesus laid his life down for us. He's worthy of us laying our lives down for him. If a trial be the way, then I'll walk through it, through that valley of the shadow of death, but fear no evil. For he is with me, his rod and his staff, they comfort me. He anoints my head with oil, my cup runneth over. 
Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever.